0: Katie. I'm Erica. And this this is is Book Talk.
1: Talk. Hi, Katie. Hi, Erica. Welcome to Book Talk. Book Talk is your weekly podcast book club. We are in the second section of Woman in the Library by Sulari Gentil, And Katie is going to tell us what
0: happened in this section. This section starts with our three new besties getting coffee and some really weird donuts for Wit while he's in the hospital. And during this conversation, Kane confesses that his real name is not Kane McLeod, which made me feel a little better about the name situation. And we learn a little bit more about his semi-shady and pretty concerning personal history. Leo and Freddie have their first date or friends moment, which clearly ends in the friend zone compared to how things are heating up with her and Kane. And things progressively get creepier on the Marigold and the murder fronts. Marigold ups her stalkerish tendencies. Freddie is delivered an anonymous box of groceries. And Kane gets into a fight, a potential night fight, with Boo and gets stitches from a fake doctor with dementia. And then Boo ends up dead the next day. The death of Boo is eerily similar to the death that Leo, real life Leo, Hannah's friend, witnesses, or potentially causes. And the section ends with the police and the FBI informing Hannah that Leo is at large. Wow. A shocking summary, but even a more shocking moment that you didn't read it and just found out in real time that Leo may not be Leo and that he may be killing people.
1: Well, I will say that was a point I think was pretty strongly foreshadowed that Leo is sharpening his knives so to say
0: and happens to keep stumbling upon crime scenes and taking pictures for hannah and but i thought either him i honestly kind of thought maybe it was going to be hannah last time i was looking through my notes and i thought hannah was maybe going to be the actual murderer but it seems more obvious now i mean now that i know that it's true confirmation bias it was leo i mean i guess it makes sense he was seeing a bunch of crime scenes but i just didn't put it together
1: and there was the one like bar fight or something like that that happened after the fight with Kane and Boo where he was like, oh, if you actually wanted to see what it would look like if someone hit someone over the head with a bottle, this happened at the bar. I was just at. It's crazy. And I took pictures for you. Here you go.
0: I did find it really creepy when he was like, there's a crime scene. And I just happened to get like a little bit closer and no one saw And the police weren't there. And I snapped a couple of really creepy pictures of dead people for you. Like, sir, What? No.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Before we get into the themes, I want to know, is this book
0: legitimately sort of scaring you at all? Based on the fact that you're asking me that question, I feel like I should say yes. Um, Is it scary? I don't know if I'm... Not really. Are you scared? I think it does a good job of, like, breaking
1: up the scary stuff with the asides to Leo reacting to it. But now that we know that Leo maybe is the inspiration for this book or is in some way tied to what's happening in the novel. It seems a lot weirder, but I was talking to one of our listeners, Jackie Ryan about how she was actually scared when she got the, to the part where they were taking pictures of the doors, which I do think is creepy. It's so such an invasion of privacy to know
0: that someone is like, knows exactly where you live. I will say that the only times in this book that I have been really freaked out and actually had to like calm myself down a little bit were the times when they call and someone plays back the voicemail. So someone is just like, like it just feels like someone is way too close, right? An invasion of your personal life and the creepy pictures of the door. Both of those were terrifying moments. I feel like I can distance myself from like the bar fight. Killed on the Riverbank violence, the actual like crazy violence of Leo, of the Leo stories and of Boo, because it feels a little bit more disconnected. The stalker thing feels like a little too close to home that it is really creepy. I do feel like I wish that she would have named um, Leo in the book a different name than Leo her friend, because I feel like it's a little bit confusing. I also, just while we're talking about Leo to start with, Hannah's Leo I think it is really funny that he thought that <laughs> Leo and Freddie in the book had chemistry. I feel like he just wants to have chemistry with Hannah so badly. I'm like, the last adjective on my mind in reading that was chemistry. Nothing's happening here. Right. And
1: he does, I mean, I said this last week, but I feel like he also has creepy vibes. Like it doesn't seem super reciprocated. And now we know at the end of this chapter, pre leading up to chapter 19 that maybe this is not his real name maybe he's under false pretenses his relationship with hannah maybe is one more one-sided like it seems obviously from her lawyer's perspectives that she's gonna keep corresponding with him basically to help them figure out where
0: he is and who he is if you didn't have an idea for a book already like there it is i'm corresponding with someone who's wanted for homicides i am extremely curious how Sulari is going to connect these two stories back. Like is the Leo in real life going to have similarities to the Leo in Freddie's book in Freddie's life? Sorry. So many books. I don't know. I, can't, I, I, I don't know how they're going to merge back together. I like Leo in the story,
1: obviously, Freddy's Leo. I think he seems like a nice guy. I loved his view about every book is really a romance book. And it's always about like, that's what we're really
0: rooting for. I like that. I think it is kind of funny because he's, it's such a good point. Like all of the books are really romance books because we have all these stories that we tell each other, but like at the end of the day, it's all about relationships with each other whatever and i i loved that like it's all about bringing people together you might be reading we might be reading a really creepy murder mystery but we're still wondering about freddie and kane we're still there is always still that undercurrent that just makes the character so endearing to you and that you fall in love with them too when they are like forming these relationships with each other
1: and even though kane has a difficult backstory and is
0: maybe a shadowy character I still kind of want him and Freddy to work out right you're still rooting for them yes. I feel like Kane is being portrayed as the bad guy and that's not going to be the answer I kind of feel like he's going to be the guy who got screwed over a lot of times trying to help people out had kind of a rough upbringing I think he maybe took the fall for Isaac I don't think Kane is the bad guy where he's being made out to be at this point
1: I just think he can't be this early in the book. It's just too obvious that it would be him.
0: I need to talk about Marigold. I hate her. (laughs) So creepy. She is a level 10 stalker. And what is so funny to me is she doesn't just have one muse. She's like, who are you? I will stalk all of you. I will show up at your house. I will know whose car this is. I will knock on Witz door ten times. This girl has no chill in a really creepy way. Also, like how big is boston surely
1: there are multiple italian restaurants like the fact that she's like oh my gosh you guys are eating here that's so crazy what are the chances i just also happen to be here too she followed them there she's so creepy
0: well typical psychology student okay i was literally a psychology student (laughs) (laughs) i find her kind of obsession with freddie and freddie and kane Also very interesting, and Freddie seems to find nothing wrong with this. She wants to tell Marigold to chill out, but if this was a friend that I met four weeks ago who was acting like this, I would be like, cut ties, set boundaries. And she's like, "Come on in, Marigold. Can I make you some dinner?" Freddie
1: is a very likable protagonist because she is likable and trustworthy, and she sort of is like, "This is crazy, but I'm just kind of going to go with it and like do it for the plot of my book that I'm writing." and Seems like talented and interesting in her own right. I really like her, but I do feel sometimes like she needs a good shaking because like the, the decisions she's making just seem questionable. Definitely. I'm getting the same vibes The Marigold does not, shouldn't be trusted. She's telling her too much. She's like letting her in. And then Kane, obviously letting him all the way into her bedroom.
0: (laughs) Straight into bed, baby. Yeah, I feel like Freddie is extremely endearing, um, and I love her as a main character. There's really a lot of threads of plot happening right now. I was just thinking about Kane being in her bed, and I forgot that her neighbor walked upstairs, pretended to be a doctor, stitched Kane's head without anesthesia, left, and then her lawyers knew about it and came the next day, and they were like, we'll pay for whatever. Just, like, don't tell anyone, okay?
1: I'm dying. I also love... (laughs) I love that Hannah is, like, continuing this thing with Leo sort of for the plot while her characters are like, oh, my God, tell me more about this nurse. What else has she done? Like, this pretend (laughs) doctor? Because, like, this would be a great character in a book. And then they're arguing about, like, who can use this nugget from real life in their story as the same time that
0: Hannah is using Leo potentially to help her, like, write this murder mystery. I love this. I just thought that was so funny. It is so funny. I love this view of writers just taking everything around them and being like, all right, let me place that together in my story. That would make a really great character study. That's actually hilarious. I should have them do this. I love thinking about them crafting this piece of work with things that are happening to them. Have you ever had stitches? Do people do that without anesthesia? That part also freaked me out.
1: I think – I've never had stitches. I know – you know, my sister had stitches, and like kids have had stitches in my family, but they usually, yeah, they usually apply like a numbing cream or like can I get give you a shot at least? Ugh. Yeah, okay. Well, again, Kane is tough, as we know, because he was incarcerated for murder. That's correct.
0: Yeah. The drama. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Are you liking the book still? I'm loving the book. I think it's fun and I'm into it. I want to know all these stories. I think that Solari is hilarious. I think these characters are interesting. I like it. What are you thinking? This book
1: is striking the right balance of funny and also thrilling, which I was not expecting.
0: Agreed. Had no idea it would be funny at all, but it is. I was surprised that this book was, I know I specifically requested a book set in 2022, so got my wish, but this book references COVID times. And in a couple of other books that we've read specifically after and during COVID, we've talked a lot about whether authors should include COVID in media, what it means to include COVID. What do you think about how Solaris is handling this? And what do you think role kind of COVID is playing in the story? I like the mentions of like the
1: fires in Australia and border closures and things that obviously put the book in a time and place. But They haven't used the word COVID, at least that I remember. So it's definitely alluding to the fact that it's set in present day without
0: having like a COVID timeline in a way that I like. I think that sets it in a time and place. It's kind of wild that by mentioning face masks, border closures, and Australian wildfires, you're like, oh, 2020. Noted. But do you like it? Do you mind it? How do you feel about it? I don't mind COVID being used in this way. I feel like it's not triggering any health anxiety. We're not talking specifically about COVID. We're not naming it. But just by mentioning these couple of facts, it sets the scene. And it also gives reasons why, you know, Hannah can't come, why Leo's concerned. Or like it, it also brings out a lot of different emotions and kind of plot points without having to do a lot or say a lot. So I think it would be, Kind of like referencing the war or something. If you were in World War II, you would have to mention only a couple of points and people would be transported to a very specific time in history. So I think it's doing that without being too much.
1: Yeah, I agree. Also, love that you were like, oh, we find out Kane's real name, which makes me feel better because the name Kane McLeod or whatever <laughs> is like too far fetched, but his actual name
0: is Abel. Abel Manners. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so giggly tonight, but I'm dead. Like Abel manners. Okay, I don't know any Bible stories, um, but I think that you probably do. So, can you just what is the Cain and Abel story? I felt like that was a okay. reference I was supposed to understand, but I didn't get it.
1: Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve after they were kicked out of the garden, and they both bring gifts to God and Cain if I remember it right brings like a sheep or something and Abel brings like something he made and God likes Abel's gift and not Cain's gift and then Cain gets mad and kills Abel and it's the first like murder in human history apparently and it's a brother on brother crime so it's very ironic that Cain has both the name Cain and Abel
0: and is potentially the killer Right, well we're all learning something new today. <laughs> I didn't know that story. I do think it's kind of funny that Cain killed Abel in that Bible story and obviously Cain killed his real name, Abel, because Abel went to jail for killing someone. Potentially, allegedly. Allegedly. Potentially. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know yeah. what happened. Okay. So, I feel like so many things happened in the story and there is so much detail. Loving it. What do you think is going to happen next? I truly have no
1: idea. (laughs) I have been getting some cryptic messages about this book. Same. I think alluding to the fact that either we're going to love what's coming or we're going to hate it. And I'm just here for the ride. I'm excited to see where this goes. Do you
0: think that Leo is the killer? No. Wait, real Leo, fake Leo? Important dissertation. Um, I don't know real well, hannah's
1: leo hannah's leo's for sure a killer but i think that killers in real life are usually much more predictable and less enticing than the killers of a book so i think there's more to freddie and her friends and that murder than there is to leo who just seems like crazy and attached to hannah and doing all of these things to
0: like entice a murder writer every time i pick up this book i was just picking it up again to look at what's going to happen next, and it always says a treat for readers who love books about books. I don't feel like this is a book about books. I feel like this is kind of a little bit of a confusing but lovely web about murderers <laughs> writing books. I I
1: read that tagline and thought there were going to be like lots of allusions to existing books. Like this is going to reference Hemingway or Great Gatsby. Like this is going to be set in the library where they're using books to solve what's happening or allusion to books or whatever. I think it's a book about books in that it's a book about authors writing books and the novel itself and a reflection on like a book within a book, which
0: I do like, but I would not have expected from that tagline. I had no expectations for this book and I'm enjoying it so far as a person who loves books and murder mysteries. And books about books. Right. I think what I'm enjoying right now is there's so much going on that I don't know what's going to happen next. I can't predict who's... Like what the next step is going to be for Freddie and her friends. But I hope it's good. (laughs) I hope Solari really ties this together for us. There are so many little things about this that are
1: delightful. Like the neighbor who isn't a doctor but operates on them. Hilarious. The flavors of donuts are unbelievable. The Cod restaurant. I'm
0: dying. (laughs) The obsession with yogurt and her lactose intolerance. (laughs) I
1: love it. So good. Can't wait to find out what happens. Me neither. Okay. Well, happy reading. See you next week. Well, see you in Talk Talk.
0: (laughs) See you in Talk (laughs) Talk. Okay, Talk Talk. Talk, talk. So this week I read two books. Um, I read Hillbilly Elegy, which part of me wanted to not say that on the pod because I don't want to be associated with anything that has to do with JD Vance. Um, But I was in a debate with my brother-in-law about this book specifically, and then about the rebuttal written by a woman from Appalachia that I read first. And I swear, I've read Hillbilly Elegy before, but it's been years. And in our debate, he was like, that's not a correct point. Did you actually read the book? And since I hadn't and couldn't remember, I had to immediately read the whole book so that I could hold my own in this argument, which no one is making me have, but I am determined to win. So I read the whole book. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, As bad as I feel like JD's political views are currently. Uh, I think it was probably very validating for somebody who grew up in these experiences and I think he even has some really solid points like one I can't stop thinking about is how people who grow up in lower income families or communities get to places like Harvard like Yale in rooms with people and they don't know how to be successful there's a part of it that's like rich people are playing a different game they're playing with a different set of rules they talk about when you want to get a job uh, you know, society and things tell you. you, should send out a bunch of resumes. Well, somebody who's well-connected does not send out a bunch of resumes. They know who to talk to to get the job. And those like unspoken rules and guidelines are really hard. And that's why you don't see, you know, accurate representation at those levels or in those places. So I think there are some interesting talking points that come out of the book. I think that, like I said previously, my issue with this is this is a someone's memoir. And from that point of view, it is interesting. But my issue is that everything is written as we, which is sweeping assumptions about a group of 25 million people you could not possibly speak for, and a lot of guesses about the reasons why people are doing things that he doesn't know. I also think you don't get to write a story like this unless you are a success story who came out of it okay. Like I don't think this would be your point of view if you were still stuck in that house. But because this is how it ended for you, now you get to be the authority on it. Very interesting. I'm ready for this debate. I've made a lot of notes. Also, again, it
1: just seems like the lower class, working class, white community has a lot more in common than they want to realize with other people who are in a similar station. And yet we've used racial lines to divide what is the working class and people who deserve to have equal access and opportunity. And so we're much more aligned than we think we are. And the rich class is actually a small set of people with an immense control who are exploiting this entire group of people who are dividing lines amongst ourselves along racial lines. Well, they're lines, pitting people against themselves as
0: well. I mean, the rich Ooh, good and point, ruling Katie. class, whatever. What? Very good point. Yeah. I mean, they're like pitting them against each other because that, keep, that gives who power? The rich and ruling class. So it's an interesting debate. I texted Trent and I said, I'm done. And he said, being a liberal? And I said, absolutely not. But I'm done with the book. (laughs) Call me any day now. (laughs) He is hilarious and a really fun person to debate. So I mean, I obviously like it better when I win, but I enjoy it either way. Also, this is the most Aquarian
1: I've ever seen you in my life. This is peak Aquarius. Is it? (laughs) Yes what
0: about this is peak Aquarius I never feel like, like I'm truly the an
1: Aquarius. thrill the thrill of like getting into an argument being <laughs> right convincing someone else like loving the debate the
0: back and forth very Aquarian that is very me so that's like one of the only traits about being an Aquarius that I relate to love that for well, me there you go I also read You're Invited by Amanda Jayatissa. Uh, This is a crazy psychological thriller uh, about a woman who is determined to stop the wedding of her ex-best friend to her ex-serious boyfriend. It takes place in Sri Lanka at a beautiful resort. So it's got some crazy rich Asian vibes. And it did say in the reviews of this book, if you loved crazy rich Asians, you'll love this. I think that's true except the biggest difference is that Crazy Rich Asians is really a story about family drama and love and relationships and this is a story about murder and relationships and kind of family but it's wild I did not know what was going to happen I really liked it it was a fun read, like an experience um we know I love a dark book in a beautiful setting and that was this nice what are you reading now I don't know yet, but possibly either Stories from tenants Downstairs, Rose Code, or Wild Game. So TBD, what I start tonight? Wild Game, I'm telling you. You're going to read it
1: so fast.
0: You think so? You think I should read yes. it? Yes.
1: Yes. Okay, I'll read it. Great. <laughs> I did not finish a book because I'm reading a long book. I'm reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. It's written. Okay. <laughs> this was recommend. This was recommended by John Green on TikTok, and I'm pretty sure he probably single-handedly will like drive this book to the New York Times bestseller list because he said it's his favorite book that he's read. I think in 2022, it is about this guy and girl who are friends, Sam and Sadie, and they create a video game together with their producer, Marks, who's their friend. So they're college students who meet each other and have this relationship through gaming from their childhood. And it's basically just the story of them trying to start a video game company, making video games, but also the story of their relationship. It's very sparse in the way it's written. It's not like Sam felt this way which reminded him of this metaphor and the crashing and the feeling and the pining and da da da. It's very like Sam loved Sadie, but he knew that he couldn't be with her. And through like this lifelong pain, whatever, da, 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 da. And it's not really a romance story. It's more like the story of this really intimate friendship, collaborative, creative relationship. With, and I'm like not a gamer, but with a lot of gaming things and the idea of like creating a game and building a world together and what type of creative project that is. I am loving it so far really literally so much it's so good
0: okay it sounds really intriguing
1: anyways can't wait to keep reading this book and i, I can't can wait I... to hear
0: what you think of wild game oh my god i'll let you know how my second ever audio you're gonna book goes. die i'm gonna die i hope not but i'll let you know how it goes okay bye bye
1: talk is made by me erica bailey and katie cheney with production support from dan white our theme music is by dan white we'll see you next week katie i didn't read
0: that part erica that was in there you said through chapter 19 why wouldn't you read that part
1: i didn't that's like in between chapter 18 and 19 but you were supposed to read through chapter 19. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Let me read Are really you fast. joking me right now? I literally, these two, I stopped because this was the end of the, I stopped at this part at the end of the chapter. Oh, my God. Okay, read it real quick. Okay, hard. I'm literally shocked. I'm learning in real time. Okay, hold on one second. Ooh, Abercrombie Kenton Associates. They have great genes.